Welcome to Talking with the Animals, an exploration of animal communication. Join animal communicator, craniosacral therapist, and NES practitioner Caroline Pope as she discusses how to understand other species as they truly are, not just from the human perspective. That's right, Mecco. Discover how communicating with our four-legged friends can open up a whole new world for both of you. And now, your host and Australia's most recognized and well-known animal communicator, Caroline Pope. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Talking with the Animals. I'm your host, Caroline Pope. Thank you for joining me. As I've seen three in the last week, it's funny how we often see clusters of various ailments. Uh, I want to talk about special needs animals. Now, what do I mean about a special needs animal? Basically, an animal that is hasn't or isn't able to use a normal quality of life. They may be blind. They may be deaf. They might be three-legged or injured. They may have had a back injury and become paralyzed. They may only have one eye. Maybe a horse with a C6, C7 malformation. All animals are capable, sadly, of becoming special needs. Some may be special needs short term. If your dog is hit by a car, requires plate and screws in a leg, something like that, ultimately they'll heal and pretty much get back to normal. Other animals, like a dog for, or a cat, for example, it becomes blind. Sadly, there's usually no going back from that. So they're always going to be special needs. Now, I've seen a lot online and people talking about these sorts of things. So I thought I'd essentially go straight to the horse's mouth, so to speak. And when I've been talking with animals about this, I hear the same thing from each and every one of them. Do it properly or don't do it at all. So you really, if you're prepared to take on a special needs, we're not just talking six or 12 months, we're talking a lifetime. And you really do have to stop and think, am I able, prepared and able to do this? Because as we all know, real life does have a, um, a way of getting in the way sometimes and disturbing things. And each animal copes differently. You can't make a blanket rule. I've known of some dogs that have are blind from birth and cope quite well, or I've known dogs that have become blind after a traumatic injury or an illness and cope really well. I've known others that don't cope at all. And that sometimes they simply don't cope and other times it's because the environment is wrong for them. I remember one dog that became blind after getting hit by a car, major, major um, head trauma. And this woman had two young children. And to put it politely, there wasn't much discipline or boundaries in the house. That's being very polite. Um, and this dog was so terrified and so miserable the entire time. The woman wasn't thinking about the dog. The woman was thinking about herself. Oh, I couldn't bear to let him go. I, 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 me, me, me. Yeah, the kids were, let's be honest, feral. There was stuff all over the place. The dog couldn't orient itself because every time it went to walk, there'd be something else down there on the floor. This dog was not coping. 
So that gives you two different types of scenarios. Dogs that are paralyzed, you need to think, is it short or long term? What is the quality of life? Some dogs cope quite well in a cart. Others don't. And you've also got to be slightly realistic. Um, yeah, size can make a difference. You get something like, say, for example, a Dachshund or a Jack Russell, small, long back, they often have back problems. As opposed to something like a Shepherd or a St. Bernard, yes, you can still do a cart. That's not a problem. But are you able to get them up by yourself? Are you able to turn them by yourself? If something goes wrong, are you able to get them in the car by yourself? These are all things we need to think about before taking on a special needs animal or adjusting to life if your animal becomes that it has or requires special needs. For example, um, my dog Meko, he has thoracic and cervical damage. He has um, quite a bit of back issues, can't feel his front legs properly, doesn't cope with hills. It means that I've had to knock back several houses over time because, you know, whilst they may have been good for me, they're on a relatively steep block. He can't handle that. Anything that's got tiles or floorboards has to have carpet runners. He doesn't know where his feet are. Any dog that, well, quite frankly, I think all dogs should have carpet runners because it's not an if, it's a when they're going to do damage. Um, or carpet, I'm the first to say it's a pain to vacuum, but you look at a dog, how they slide on floorboards, on tiles, on timber laminate, and many of them owners aren't aware that when they're sliding like that, it hurts. And of course, if you've got an animal with a back problem, you only need to slip the wrong way once and you're in trouble. So have a think about these sorts of things. Horses with C6, C7 malformation, pretty close to my heart after losing Champ to the malformation. Those horses can't be ridden. Um, you know, it's basically, it's not an if, it's a when. They're going to break down. Uh, and the amount of pain those horses are in is phenomenal. And unfortunately, um, horses don't vocalize. So a lot of horses' pain signals are incredibly subtle. Many people may miss them. Now, are you prepared to have a horse that you can't ride, that needs a relatively flat paddock, is high maintenance, and you know one day you're going to have to go outside and make that decision? It's something some people can do it and hats off to them, others can't. But if you get to the stage, particularly with a thoroughbred, for example, which are pretty high maintenance as far as feed and that goes, that you can't do it properly, then don't do it at all. Let them go. And please don't fob them off as a paddock companion, which so many people do, or the proverbial free to good home with dogs and cats. Um, cats and dogs that are deaf, obviously, are special needs. You're always going to need to watch where they are, training collars. They can't go off lead. Animals with one eye, um, as with people, it throws out their balance, what they can and can't see. And particularly for cats that jump a lot, it can be a big adjustment if they lose an, the sight of an eye. So, of course, it also 
they don't judge speed of cars and stuff as well. So it's always my suggestion, if they've lost an eye and you're near a busy road, keep them in. There are worse things than death, and that's what all these animals have told me. So really have a good hard think about, can I do this properly? Who am I doing it for? Can my animals still have a wonderful quality of life, even though they're special needs? And if the answers to all of the above are yes, then fantastic. Your four-legged companion is a very lucky animal. But there is no shame in admitting you can't. There is no shame in admitting financially you can't carry the burden. And it's always fairer to your animal friend and long-term to yourself to admit this before or when you get to the stage, you can't do it anymore because it's a team. It's one or the other. But please don't drag them out. Don't prolong their suffering just because you can't be bothered and don't want to let them go. Quality of life is everything. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking with the Animals. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you've got any topics you'd like covered, please drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you. As always, stay safe and remember to talk with the animals. Thank you for listening to Talking with the Animals. To learn more about Caroline and the services she provides, visit caroline-pope.com. You can also find her on Facebook at Caroline Pope Animal Communicator, CST, and NES Therapy. Are you ready to change the way you see your world and the animals in it? Well, we know his answer. Don't forget to subscribe and see you next time.